Happy Memorial Day, everybody, from the lovely shores of Orange Beach. Luke Robinson here on location for Locked on Bama. Jimmy at home suffering in his own apartment. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson is me. Jimmy Stein as him. Jimmy, I called your condo an apartment, and that's my fault. But, uh, you know, when you're doing these cold opens and you've got a little salt water on the brain, it's tough to do. I'm sure the condo forgives you. Uh, I don't think it took any offense. I know your wife is in the background going, it's not an apartment, Luke. It's a <laughs> and uh, that's okay. I don't blame her. I would do the same. <laughs> So, Jimmy, let's get continue on with our countdown. I feel like a, you brought it up. You said this is almost like what Paul Feinbaum does. I feel like Paul Feinbaum yep. a little bit, except with more hair. Um, and, uh, I'm, we're on location. SEC media days, not too terribly far away, or coaches' meetings or whatever. So, um, yeah, here we go. Des Ricks is on your countdown today. Uh, what number is he, 68? Or 67? He is 67. 67, okay, 67. is uh, Des Ricks. And, you know, I had him a little higher initially. Uh, he's another guy that in my rankings of the roster sort of suffered for when we added guys late out of the portal following spring practice when we added a cornerback from the University of Louisiana. Trey, uh, I think that hurt Des Ricks' chance to play. Obviously, Amos is going to show up ahead of younger people on the depth chart. That's exactly why we bought him in to add a veteran presence. I think Kool-Aid is certainly going to start for sure. I think Terry and Arnold is most likely to start at the other corner spot, pushed by Trey Amos. Uh, Earl Little is in the cornerback room. Of course, I think he's really focusing on the star position. And then that leaves uh, maybe next Antonio Kite and Des Ricks. But now that we're into maybe Ricks being the sixth guy, I, I just don't see how he's playing for sure. Now, the Ricks that was out there this spring looked like a kid who could play. I mean, there, there was some buzz there. I, I think the staff's very excited about him and his future. He's just a really young player. After all, this is one of the guys, uh, much like Kenley Cahalan on the softball team. I bet he's never been compared to her before. Uh, Des Ricks uh, skipped um, the uh, – you know, he skipped high school, and, and, and he should be preparing for one more season of high school football instead of preparing to play his freshman season at Alabama. So – when you throw that in, you throw in the fact that there's probably five guys ahead of him. I think most likely there's a red shirt for him, but I think he could play. Uh, he also, someone is going to win the role on punt coverage, Luke, of Gunner on the punt coverage team. Des is an outstanding candidate for that role. So it could be that he plays a whole freshman year primarily on special teams and, and not seeing much action at DB except maybe in garbage time. So. Uh, I don't think we'll see a lot of Dez. That's why he's 67 uh, in terms of, of ranking the roster. Uh, but overall, talent-wise, he'd be much higher. This is a gifted kid that I'd be very, very surprised isn't eventually a starting cornerback at Alabama. You know, I put that picture up while you were talking about him. Uh, he's listed at 6'1", 170. Uh, first of all, it I mean, just that picture makes me think he's bigger than that. I, um, and – you know, since he did skip his senior year, maybe he's got some some more growth going on. You know, I mean, there's 
I mean, I, I grew a little bit between junior and senior, not a bunch, but some. Um, but he's got long arms. He's built very muscularly. Uh, he's got some meat on the bones. This is not like when Devontae Smith came to Alabama, the, 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 the Heisman Trophy winning one, not the current one. Who, you know, he was a rail. And um, then he became – I mean, Devontae obviously is, is a heck of an athlete, but he's got some uh, country-strong meat on the bones. Des Ricks looks like uh, he's already got some really good muscle. I mean, there's good definition in the shoulders and the, in the arms and the forearms and in the legs. I mean, this is not a guy coming in relying solely on, like, speed and instincts. I mean, he, he's got some right. strength too. Well, he's a five-star guy. Had he stayed in his junior class, he'd probably win the nation. Uh, him and Ellis Robinson, who's committed to Georgia, probably one and two in terms of best cornerbacks in the nation in this 24 group. In the 23 group, I'm not sure he made it to five-star because he got bumped up into a whole other class where he was younger. So I'm not sure if he retained five-star status or not. I don't recall. It uh, doesn't really matter. But it, here's one thing, though, about guys that do have a five next to their name, and Dez certainly did for a portion of his high school career, uh, the guys that are five stars, they look the part. They look the part. No one is a five star when you're like, man, for an offensive lineman, he's small, but he is a five star. No, no, no. The, the five stars are prototypical. They, they are guys that look exactly like they're supposed to look for their position, and Dez does. Yeah, he's a little light. A, a lot of, of, of cornerbacks coming out of high school are. Some add good weight, some don't. It just matters whether you can play. And, and hey, uh, you know, Kool-Aid, for instance, man, he has really muscled up. The last few shots of Kool-Aid I've seen, he's starting to look like a safety. As a matter of fact, I'm starting to project Kool-Aid to be a nickel corner in the NFL. He's just so solidly built now. He's starting to look like a safety. Uh, you know, Dez is likely to, to like Kool-Aid, add muscle over time, and, and he's showing up with some muscle. So, I don't think size or physicality is going to be an issue with Des Ricks at all. As with a lot of guys at Nick Saban's Alabama, it's just about clearing room at the top of the depth chart. I mean, he, he's just not going to play a lot of snaps while Kool-Aid and Terrion Arnold are holding down the fort and we're bringing in a transfer guy like uh, Trey Amos who, uh, who didn't come here to sit on the bench. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. But, boy, I mean, I just look at that picture and I feel like there's just got to be a spot for him. Maybe uh, punt team gunner is, is a good one. Um, you hope he takes to that role. I mean, some of the defensive backs that uh, they get relegated to that, they may look at it like I'd almost rather not play at all in redshirt than do. But I just think getting on the field is so imperative, getting some getting some snaps, getting some experience. So I'm hoping maybe on kickoff return, kickoff coverage, punt coverage, whatever, um, I'm hoping he's, you know, He's, he's one of those guys. So I, I would love to see him just on the field because, again, I'm going to put this picture up. I mean, it's impressive to me. I mean, it really yeah. is. This guy, you know, shoot, I like the looks in his eyes right there. Um, I could – the mouthpiece is a little funky, but other than that, that's the only thing I'd change. And the I five, think – The five on his outfit is also fitting. I mean, that's a five-star looking cornerback. I mean, obviously, you got to watch him play and watch the tape and, and check out things like how fast he is. and, and that, but, but that look like a five-star cornerback. 
All right, now I want to tell everybody about Built Bar. Go check out Built.com, or you can go to Walmart. You can go to Sam's Club. You can go to Lifetime Fitness. You can go to Amazon. You can do all this stuff and go get you a Built Bar. You will love Built Bar. You can hear children in the background. They heard me talking about Built Bar. They're screaming. They're like, it's like the Beatles when you talk about Built Bar. Go check out Built Bar. They got all these delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie. They got the puffs. Everything's uh, loaded with protein, not much sugar. It won't pack on the pounds. It's very, very satisfying. It's like a Snickers that's good for you, which is something I've always dreamed about as a little kid. Where were these things when I was a kid, when I was all chunked up and not getting any dates? You know, I mean, Built Bar is probably like, hey, would you leave us out of your dating life? But um, anyway, Built Bar, they're delicious, nutritious, or scrump delicious. You'll want one. Amazon, Built.com, Walmart, Sam's Club, Lifetime Fitness. You can get them just about anywhere. Go try a Built Bar and let us know that you tried a Built Bar. We would appreciate that a ton. The rest of the week, we'll still be working on Jimmy's Countdown. Um, It's so much fun now. We got less than 100 days. So, you know, if you consider that, I mean, typically we do five days, maybe six days worth of podcasts. Um, and then, you know, maybe take a day off if there's nothing going on. I mean, shoot, this, this countdown is going to run us right into it. And um, meanwhile, you're going to have all this other news. So, gosh, this is it's getting fun. Football's just always fun to me. I've been sitting around thinking about it. The Athlons uh, annual is out. I can't wait to go get it. Yes, I still go by the paper version. I don't care. I've saved a bunch of them. So I'm looking forward to that. Jimmy, we're down to number 66 in your countdown. And that is? Jazz Preston, wide receiver, uh, you know, his situation is a little different than Desrick's. Desrick's is a true freshman that's likely to redshirt. Shaz redshirted last year. Uh, one thing I noticed in doing some prep work, though, for Shaz, he's the perfect redshirt. And by that, I mean, we took full advantage of the new rules. And Nick Saban is just the best at that. Change, he's always at the forefront. And what I mean by that is Shaz did redshirt a year ago, but he also played in four games during the regular season. And then he played in the bowl game against Kansas State. Didn't catch a ball, but hey, he played. He got in the games. He got his feet wet. He got an understanding, a little bit of the speed of the game, what it's like to play in front of 100,000 people and on national television. So he got a little taste of that, which is perfect for a red shirt. Uh, Shaz, six foot, 202 pounds. I call it plus size for the wide receiver position. Most wide receivers that play college football are in the 175, 185, 190 range. He's a little bigger than that physical kid, good player. His problem, if you want to call it a problem, and really it's not, is just what's ahead of him on the depth chart. Uh, Generally, you want six or seven receivers in your first team rotation. And if you ranked Alabama's first team rotation or the projected one right now, the sixth and seventh guys are probably guys like Manuel Henderson. So for Shaz to play significant snaps this fall, he's going to have to beat out Kobe Prentice or Emmanuel Henderson. And he might, he could. I'm sitting here not telling you that he won't. Uh, I'm definitely not going to sit here and tell you that in the long run, he won't be better than those guys. He, he very well might be. But as of today, as of the day I ranked the roster, he's behind Kobe Prentice and Emmanuel Henderson. That was reflected on a day when he played with the backups. Uh, you know, he played with the twos while uh, the, most of the first team rotation was with the ones. Didn't necessarily have a buzzy spring. Uh, so I think Chaz Preston's just a reserve bench player for now, uh, but he has high upside. Uh, he's a guy that I have no doubt is going to be a good player uh, at the college level. He was too good of a prospect and too good in high school not to be. 
It's just that at Nick Saban's Alabama, it's about opportunity. And I heard a great quote yesterday uh, on on cap on SEC Network when Darren Oka was interviewing Patrick Murphy, and they, they were bragging about how good Jayla Torrance, uh, Alabama softball pitcher, has been. And Patrick Murphy said, I tell the, the girls all the time, and this is so fitting for football. As, as a matter of fact, it's even more fitting for football. He said, someday you will get an opportunity. Your opportunity is going to come. I, I, I can't sit here and tell you when. You don't know when. But the opportunity is going to come. And when the opportunity is going to come, you better be ready. Because if you're not ready when your opportunity comes, then there may not be another opportunity. So you have to be ready when that opportunity comes. That's a great, great speech for Shaz Preston. Uh, if he stays patient and, and works to improve, one day his opportunity is going to come at Alabama, and hopefully he'll be ready for it. Uh, Jayla Torrance certainly was, and that's why Alabama's in the Women's College World Series in softball. And uh, one day uh, we'll benefit from the fact Shaz was ready for his opportunity when it gets here. You know, I think uh, when it comes to patience with various position groups, I, I think this is true across all the football, but Alabama fans in particular now, we're probably least patient with wide receivers. That's my take on it. Look, we can deal with um, uh, offensive linemen who, um, who who take a little time to develop. I got a kid knocking on the glass here. Uh, we can we can deal with offensive linemen taking time to develop because we know okay you're going up against superstar defensive linemen. We can take time with quarterbacks even. Um, we can take time with running backs because, you know, you look at somebody like a Brian Robinson who, you know, they bide their time or a Najee Harris who, yeah, he, he ended up playing as a freshman, but it took him a while to really be in the true rotation. But receivers, when you when you look at guys like Devontae Smith only had, what, six, eight catches his freshman year, but uh, he, may, he may have had a little more than that, but they were all impactful. Uh, Henry Ruggs Henry Rudd scored every time he caught it. Uh, Jerry Judy was a superstar. Jalen Waddle superstar as soon as he set foot on campus. So uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, even as a freshman, catches a game winner against Auburn. So we don't practice the patience with receivers. And so a guy like Chaz Preston, it feels like – I mean, you, you were just talking about, hey, he looks at our depth chart and it should be a problem. And I, I think most Alabama fans would say if you're ranking position rooms, wide receiver's not going to be near the top. I mean, even though on paper we have all this talent. So my, my comeback would be – I mean, that that room isn't so stacked that he shouldn't be able to make a move based on where he was ranked to begin with. Um, right. So I think you're right. I think that's a great message from Pat Murphy. If he's a little patient, if he if he's put in the work this summer, and let's hope he has, I think there's a guy that can make a move because I was super high on him when we signed him. Yeah, and I still am. I mean, you got to – he hasn't changed. He hasn't shown up and gotten slower or, or, or less talented. As a matter of fact, he's even a better player. Being in our program and going up, it's not easy to get on the field. And and and, and look, you can't have a ten-man rotation at wide receiver. If you do that, then you're 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 hurting the team. And this is why you have a rotation so your best two or three players are fresh at the end of the game. That's why you rotate because you want your best players fresh at the end. When the game against LSU or Tennessee or Auburn is decided, you want your best players on the field. If all you're doing is rotating 10 guys, now it's early in the fourth quarter. You're playing LSU. You're down by five. It's third and eight. You got to throw the ball. And your you're sixth, seventh, and eighth best receivers are on the field. And, and th th you can't lose the game because of that. You've got to keep your best players on the field. I know some people, oh, they're interchangeable. They're absolutely not interchangeable. That's not the way the staff's going to look at it at all. 
Someone's the best, someone's the second best, someone's the third best. I happen to believe the best receivers we have on the team this fall are Ja'Cory Brooks and Jermaine Burton. And when the game's being decided, those are the guys I want on the field. Now, maybe by the end of the year, Bond earns his way out there. Kendrick Law earns his way out there. That could happen. But I think as of today, those are our, our three best guys. And when the, the LSU game is decided, we don't need to have necessarily Emmanuel Henderson, Chaz Preston, and Theo Jones-Bell out on the field deciding the outcome of the game while Benson and Brooks and Burton are totally fresh and just stand on the sidelines. I mean, that's how you lose football games right there. That's just really poor coaching. So you don't need 10 guys in the rotation. As a matter of fact, six and seven is sort of stretching it. But I think you can get away with six or seven. And to me, the six and seven guys right now are uh, Prentice and Emmanuel Henderson. And uh, with Prentice being six and a Henderson seventh, I'm not even sure how many snaps Henderson's going to get. He might even be the start and kick returner. All right, let's take a break, Jim. When we come back, we got to give a shout out to softball and baseball. So let's do that when we come back. And we're back. Um, Jimmy, softball and baseball. I said we're going to talk about it. Let's do it for a minute. Look, softball team defeats Northwestern three to two. They can't do anything like easy. <laughs> it, it they had to make it drama filled. A late home run by Northwestern makes it tight again. Um, it was uh, it was just an interesting game once more for Alabama softball. But, you know, that kind of makes it more fun. I mean, softball to me is such a fun sport to watch. I enjoy it more than baseball. I'm really proud of these girls. I have no delusions of grandeur. I don't know that, that this team can win a game in this World Series. I really don't. I'm not saying that is a shot at them. They just don't seem to have a lot of offense right now. These three runs was like an offensive explosion for them because they've been winning like one to nothing, two to one, one to nothing, whatever, or, or losing two to one. Their defense has been pretty good. Um, you know, Montana Fouts, she is an absolute 100% legend. If we ever build a softball statue, she'll be one of them. But uh, she is not on her A game right now. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, Torrance is a very good pitcher, uh, but she finally gave up a run the other day. You hate to, to see that, even though it's, you know, it's rare and they're few and far between. Um, so I'm, I'm not expecting much out of this, which kind of makes it more fun for me. I can go into it without the Alabama arrogance of, hey, if we don't win this, I mean, I guess we got to fire everybody. I'm going into it with like, this is all gravy, y'all. Yeah, before the season, uh, I think a Super Regional was an awesome goal for this team based on what they had personnel-wise. This is before the season, before Montana got hurt. Realistically, this was a team that probably was going to hit a ceiling uh, in the Super Regional, uh, that maybe winning a regional was about as far as this group could go. And they went beyond it. They even went beyond it with the superstar player hurt playing uh, for her own coach at about 70 to 80% of her effectiveness right now. Uh, unbelievable. I think Coach Murphy and Montana willed this team to the win over the weekend to get them to Mecca, to get them to World, the World Series, which is the ultimate platform for the sport. I did some, uh, some digging yesterday because I wanted to know the numbers. They're really amazing. Since Patrick Murphy's been the head coach at Alabama, he's been the head coach for 25 seasons. 14 of those 25 seasons, Alabama has been to the World Series. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh, since Patrick Murphy has been Alabama's head coach, only three schools, UCLA, Arizona, and Oklahoma, 
have been to the World Series more often than Alabama. So he really has built a top three, a top four program. By getting to the World Series, Alabama is still a top three, top four type program in this country. Uh, just uh, and despite some issues, now they've got to fix the offense in the offseason through the portal, through recruiting, through coaching. They got to fix the offense and do something about a number one starter. Maybe hey, Torrance has pitched like a number one lately for sure. But uh, I couldn't be more proud. And Montana Fouts, just a, a, a legend. And it's so cool for those of us who are really into the softball. It's okay if you're not. It's okay if you're not. I mean, it's not going to be for everyone. But if you're really into it, it's a lot like the football fans whenever we've had a player like Bryson Will, like Bryson Will last year. They were not only the best players on the team, Luke, they were legendary. Bryson already won a Heisman. Will was going to be perhaps the highest drafted Alabama defender ever. He almost was as the third pick. Uh, they were living legend. They were legendary players as they played for Alabama in front of our eyes, and we knew they were legends. That's not common in sports. Everybody's got good players. Some teams have great players, but the legendary players are rare. And the fact that we recognize them as legends while they're still playing is even more rare. And that's what Montana means to me. That's uh, what she should mean to everyone. It's like, wow, we got to see literally an active legend play. And now we get to see her pitch at least a few more innings. I agree with Luke that anything they accomplish, just one win in Oklahoma City would be just unreal uh, because the competition is something else. Uh, Tennessee, we play Thursday, SEC regular season champs, SEC tournament champs. Tennessee led the league in ERA and runs scored. Uh, that's a really, really good team. And probably, in my opinion, even though there are four, I think Tennessee has the best chance in that field to beat Oklahoma. And really quickly, Jimmy, just segue into baseball. They will be a host. Kudos to this team for pulling it together uh, after the, the really the scandalous coach they had. Um, I'm beginning to like Brad Bohannon less and less every day. There was more of an article that came out about this. There's apparently some tie-in to University of Cincinnati. With I mean, it just, I, I quit reading it because I was like, I don't even want to know this guy anymore. Let's just move on from this cat. He's done, and let's see what we can do. Um, but uh, the we are going to be a host. We don't know who we're playing as of this recording, but we will know it as of your yeah, listening. That's right. Uh, hosting a regional for the first time since 2006 is Alabama's best team since 2006. Uh, great job by the guys to keep it together. Again, they had played well all year. They used Brad Bohannon's firing as a launch point to move to another. They've definitely played their best baseball of the year in the last 14 games or 10 and four against unreal competition, just unreal competition. And they're 10 and four uh, chances. I uh, haven't seen the field yet. We are going to see that shortly, but we had to record before then. Uh, I like Alabama's chances to host and win a regional. And for Alabama baseball to get to a super regional to prove conclusively that you were one of the best 16 teams in the sport, uh, great job of getting off the mat. And uh, Jason Jackson making a strong case for heavy consideration to be the head coach going forward. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. The Sarah McLaughlin trick worked. Uh, we are up over 5,000 subs now. And um, y'all send in your votes for what song will inspire us to get to 6,000 subs. That's what, you know, whoop, there it is. Um, it's raining men. What, what would you Wind like to hear? Wind beneath my wings. 
wind beneath my wings. That's what we're going with. And uh, we'll deal with that next time. And until tomorrow, when we'll talk more Jimmy's Countdown, roll tide. Roll tide.